we worship you lord father we thank you baba we appreciate you father we give you all the glory father we give you all the honor father we give you all the adoration you are worthy to be praised you are worthy to be glorified in jesus mighty name we give thanks today the lord said to me he said the enemy does not want you to what progress he said when you are progressing the enemy is finding a way to do what to pull you down and the enemy uses some of his agents that are connected to him to pull you down and one of the way we are going to be talking and praying about today is the principle of the devourer eh? the principle of what the devourer whenever the enemy wants to destroy you he sent a devourer to you praise the lord whenever the enemy wants to steal from you he send a spirit called what devourer devourer there's devourer there's caterpillar and there's what cankerworm it will send what a spirit known as what devourer what this spirit devourer does is what when you are moving forward the devourer wants to what pull you down and one of the instruments he uses is what number one is sickness you know when you are sick there's little that you can do to prosper eh when you are sick you are lying down you are not healthy you can't do much in times of what prosperity in times of what spirituality and in times of what moving forward sickness and when he sent this instrument called sickness diseases to you all happen you begin to spend your hard-earned income on this what diseases praise the lord you begin to spend your hard-earned income on this what diseases the enemy by that instrument have what succeeded in what slowing you down number one succeeded in what depreciating your health number two succeeded in what stealing your money that's one of the number one principle then number two principle is what an instrument called lost lost in business when you lost money in business what happened you are reduced when people come to steal your money you are reduced in the in the book of uh, john chapter 10 verse 10 said the thief cometh not to do what the devil cometh not to do what he come to do what to steal to kill and to destroy how does he steal from you he steals your money through what the principle of what devourer sickness he uses sickness he uses thefts maybe you have somebody you employ to be working for you and the person is stealing from you is gradually destroying you 
Praise the Lord. Or you have people coming to your shop to steal, or your work of pla- your working place to steal. That is one of the instruments. And to kill when you lost a loved one. I remember a guy that is doing, uh, is producing uh, bread. You know, his success has begun to come out in Lokoja. His bread is all over, supermarket, everywhere. And this guy is beginning to progress. You know the guy I'm talking about. And suddenly he lost what? His uh, mother-in-law. And according to the culture of the wife, you know, it's going to be what? An elaborate ceremony where you kill cows, you raise up canopy, you do all, all manner of expenses because the wife is from Calabar uh, area. And those people, they take barrier, something very big, and they spend money in barrier. When this guy came back from that barrier, he cannot move forward again. He cannot produce again. He begin to collect loan. He begin to do this. He begin to do that. And maybe at the end of the day, some of those loans, he couldn't pay them. And he ran out of what? Out of town. And God knows where he is now. You know, those kind of things, if it happens to somebody who doesn't have a strong heart, what will happen? From there, if you develop what? High blood pressure. From there, stroke. Praise the Lord. That will not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. So, we have looked at devourer. We have looked at what? Sickness. And we have looked at what? Death of loved one or death of somebody. Maybe a progressive person died. Sometimes all his business collapsed. When, you know, there's a man they call Abiola. He contested for June 12th. Uh, he contested for election. That was June 12th. But it was, they didn't give him the, he won the presidency, but they did not give him. And from there, you know, they carried him to prison. And in the prison, he died. And this is a man that has what business empire all over the world. And before you know it, all his business empire begin to collapse one by one, one by one, one by one. So, Devora, the devil come to what to steal? Eh? He came to what to steal? To kill? and to destroy so these are the three principles that i normally use so we are going to pray against that spirit in yoruba is known as what abano spirit of abano in yoruba so we are going to pray against what this spirit of abano it is the language that the spirits understand that every sickness every death every theft I'm robbery, stealing over our family. We rebook it now in the mighty name of Jesus. You, the spirit of what? Devora, Abano. There is a mark of the Lord Jesus here. His blood covers this place. You cannot enter. So pack your load and go. Go ahead and pray. Spirit of what? Devora. 
known in Yoruba as what? Agbano. Wherever you are, you cannot touch this house because the blood of Jesus is on our what? Our posts. So pack your load and what? And go. Go ahead and pray. Spirit of Agbano, Spirit of Devora, pack your load and go. You can't come near this place. Pack your load and go. Whoever is sending you back towards, back to the sender. Whoever is sending you back to sender. Every spirit of Agbano, every spirit of Devora, back to sender in the mighty name of Jesus. Whoever is sending you, we send you back to the person. Whoever is sending you, we send you back to the person. Whoever is sending you, wherever you are coming from, we send you back to the person in the mighty name of Jesus. We knock you out from this place. We knock you out from our business. We knock you out from our home. We knock you out from our children's life. We knock you out from wherever you want to hang in this place. You don't have a place here in the mighty name of Jesus. You don't have a place here in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of sickness over our children will rebuke you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Sickness, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of sickness over our children, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of sickness over our children, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every sickness over our children, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every sickness over my wife, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of boy. God said, he's not going to send this boy, this boy that is sent upon the Egyptian, he's not going to send it upon you. So where is the boy coming from? It's coming from Satan. So Satan will rebook you. Every load you have here, pack out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Pack out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of migraine, headache, pack out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of asthma, pack out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of back pain, ulcer, pack out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of fibroid, I'm hearing fibroid. There's nobody with fibroid here, but I'm hearing fibroid. Anywhere you are, within this location, anybody that is carrying fibroid, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of barrenness, unfruitfulness. Pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of barrenness in business, pack your load now and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of adultery, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. Every contrary spirit that is working against this family and anyone stepping foot on radius one kilometer, just one kilometer, radius one kilometer of this house, I say, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. The person can be here, it may not be here, but this prayer touches the person. In the mighty name of Jesus, pack your load and go in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. We are going to be looking at uh, the book of First Corinthians. Let our attention be here. First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians. We are going to be reading the whole verse, the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
we are looking at the whole verse first corinthians chapter 10 are you there no first corinthians uh, uh, no let's go to 11 i think we've done we've done we've done uh, first corinthians chapter 10 that was the, the this thing that we read the chapter that we read last uh, sunday go to chapter 11 yeah first corinthians first corinthians chapter 11 so i read it said be ye follower of me even as as i also am of christ now i praise you brethren that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinance as i deliver them to you but i would have you but i would have you know that the head of every man is christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of christ is god praise the lord paul is, paul is saying be a follower of me as i'm what eh as i'm follower of what Eh? As I'm follower of Geo, eh? as I'm follower of Bishop, as I'm follower of uh, Archbishop, as I'm follower of Prophet, as I'm follower of uh, Evangelist, as I'm follower of uh, who again? Eh? As I'm follower of uh, GS. Be ye follower of me as I'm follower of Christ. As long as Paul is not following Christ, you can't follow Paul. As long as I'm not following Christ, you cannot follow me. It's not just uh, do as I say, or don't do as I do. As long as I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. That's what Paul is saying. As long as any man, name called man of God, a pastor, evangelist, a prophet, a bishop, a teacher, is not following Christ. Don't follow the person. No matter how highly placed is the person, if his prom- if his if his if his uh, doctrine is not according to what the Lord Jesus Christ, don't follow him. Praise the Lord. Don't follow him. And Paul further, you know, he, he he went ahead and established what hierarchy in the kingdom of God. There are hierarchies. The better is it for you to know that there are hierarchies in the kingdom of God. Eh? What are the hierarchies? God the Father. Eh? Number one. That is the Father of all flesh. The Father of all spirits. Number one. Jesus Christ. Number two. The saints. We. Number three. Angels, number four. You know, some people worship angels. And they, they place they place angel, you know. They say holy Michael. They now place Michael at the realm of what? 
God the Father, God the Son, and and the Holy Spirit. No. They are what? They are our servants. They are sent to minister to us. We that inherit what? We that are what? Years of salvation. They are sent to what? To minister to us. So you can't place any angels eh, close to Jesus or close to what? God the Father. You cannot. Eh? You cannot. So once you know your hierarchy, once you know where you belong, you won't be afraid of Satan. That's what we say, ah, Satan, Satan is powerful. Satan is not powerful. The power in you is greater than that of Satan. Once this, once this principle or this hierarchy is established purely, solidly in your heart, you won't be afraid of Satan. You know that he's just a beast. What did they call him? Eh? What did Revelation call Satan? Beast. What did they call him? Serpent. They call him serpent. And serpent is one of the beasts. They call him dragon. Dragon is one of the beasts. They call him beast. That is where he belongs. But because he's wiser than animal, that is why his hierarchy is a little bit above what the animals. Because the animals, they don't have sense of their own. Praise the Lord. That is why it's higher than animal. If not so, Satan should have been what? In the, re- in the same realm with animal, goats, cat, tiger. They should be in the re- same realm with chicken. Eh? Lion. But because Satan have, have, can what? Can speak. He can speak, he can control. He has he has his own will. That's why he's placed a little bit above the beast. Praise the Lord. Satan is placed a little bit above the beast. And even as human being, if you are not safe, you belong to what? The class of what? The beast. Don't you see human being behave like animal? Is he a man that has four wives, 20 wives? A man that was sleep around? Is that not the same characteristic with animal? A man that can what, do anything just to eat food? Is it not the same characteristic? He's a beast! So God doesn't want us to be a beast. God wants us to be what? Saints! We are saints of God. We are brothers of Jesus. We are God heritage. We are God what inheritance. We have inheritance with Jesus. We are joined here with Jesus. We are brothers of Jesus. We are related with Jesus. We have the same spirit with Jesus. We have Christ. And the joy of God is what? For us to be like Jesus. What's the joy of God? For us to what? Get to the stature of what? The Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself called us brother. He said, I'm going to I'm going to my father. And who? Your father. 
He's no longer calling us uh, servants. He's no longer calling us just an ordinary friend. He's calling us what? Brother, you are my brother. The reason why we call ourselves sister, brother, is not because of just uh, this thing. It's because we are related in the spirit. And that is why Christians, we use that word, brother, sister. We are related with Jesus Christ. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. We are in which verse now? Verse 4. It says, Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonored his head. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonored his head. That is not good for what a man to cover head, to wake up, or to cover his head when praying or prophesying. It is not good. He said you dishonor your head. Who is your head? The Lord Jesus Christ is our head. The Lord Jesus Christ is our head. So he doesn't want us to veil our head. When you veil, that means you close what you close up your relationship from Jesus Christ. But when you open it up, you unveil. You are directly responsible to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. But every woman that prayed or prophesied with her head uncovered, dishonored her head. For that is even all one, as if she was shaven. For if the woman be not shaved, let her also be shown. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shown or shaped, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. The woman is what? The glory of the man. Why did God create the woman? Eh? God will have just said, okay, I, let me just create Adam alone. Adam alone is enough for me. Why did God create the woman? Because Adam came to a point in his life that he needed what? A helper. He needed a helpmate. Eh? He needed what? A helpmate. And if you are a woman, if you are not fulfilling that role of a helpmate, you are what? You are committing sin against God. Against the purpose why you have God has created you. So the woman is what help meets for who? For the man. So if you are not fulfilling that purpose, you are what? You are committing sin against the purpose that God has created you. Whatever thing that you can use to help the man, do it in your power, in your strength. You do it. Because that is the reason why you are created. And I, you know, I like my my grandmother so much. I like my grandmother. Late. 
Mrs. Sarah Osamaye. You know, this is a woman that is devoted all the all her life to the husband. When other women are building houses, he uses money to develop what his husband house. He never built any house. Not that he doesn't have that money, because she's a businesswoman. I believe I inherited I inherit business from her because we are so close then. If she's going to the market, she took me along. And they begin to call her Banji Omoye, Banji Omoye. We are so close. She devoted all her life, everything she has to the husband. She never built us as the, the, the tradition and culture of some women is. A woman will get to a point, you will build her own house. You want to leave the husband's house and go and stay on her own house. So she was devoted to the husband. She was devoted to the children. And she was devoted to all other members of the family. That every Sunday, all the grandchildren, all of us, all his children that is around will go to his house and eat. Other people will join. When other women are having concubine, you know, there's this something that is very funny that they normally do in Okunland. They call it Ali. Concubine. When other women are having concubine, mm-mm, she did not have. And she's a no-nonsense woman. You can't come to her and uh, give her shit. She will give it to you back in tenfold. She's a no-nonsense woman. Doesn't take shit. And I believe that is why those useless men of those times could not come close to her. So a woman should be devoted to the family. Everything you can use to help your family, legally possible, a time, a time will come in a man's life that he will be down. That the man will be down. Maybe financially. In the things of God, he will just be down. So it's the responsibility of the woman to pull the man up. Praise the Lord. Where are we now? That's what? Hmm? Verse 9. Okay. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. What does this mean? A man is not created for the woman, but the woman is created for the man. So a man, God not create a man for the wife, for the wife to control the, uh, for the woman to control the man. A woman should not control the man. You should give him free will. You can make a suggestion. You can give advice. 
but you should not dominate a man. You should not control a man. Such women are known as what? Jezebel. Jezebel. Women that control the man. Jezebel. And Jezebel is what? The wife of what? Ahab. Ahab is a very weak leader. And because of that, Jezebel took advantage. Praise the Lord. Jezebel took advantage of him and he began to control him. And he began to lead him to, to, to do evil. When you look at Ahab by nature, Ahab is a, is what, is a nice man. Ahab is a nice man. But the wife that he married took over and began to what, control him. When Ahab wants to make a good, good decision, what will happen? Jezebel will say no. When he wants to help the people, Jezebel will say no. Whatever good thing Ahab wants to do, Jezebel will say no. And he will bring his suggestion of evil. He say, let's do it like this. He say, if you are too close to the people, they will, they will, they will disrespect you. If you are giving to the people, they will not appreciate it later. They will take you for granted. If you are doing this, if you are doing this, that is what Jezebel spirit. So a woman should not what dominate the man. Rather, the woman should submit to who? To the man. And the man should love the wife. And a point, they should submit to one another. If you discover that what your wife is telling you is the right thing, you submit. But you have the what the right to do what to disagree with some of her advice. If it's not leading you to righteousness, if it's not the right thing, you can disagree and say no. Let's not do it like this. Let's do it this way. But sometimes you she will bring a very good decision or advice. You follow it. And that is where submission to each other comes up. Praise the Lord. Where are we now? Hmm? Ten. For this cause ought a woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Nevertheless, the man cannot do without the woman, and the woman cannot do without the man. A man on his own, what can he produce? A man without a woman, what can he produce? What can he achieve? He said, a one shall change what? Shall change what? A thousand. And the two shall change what? Uh, 10,000, sorry. That changed what? 10,000. So when you come together, you put your labor, you put your ideas, you put everything, your effort together. Instead of the man chasing 1,000, it multiplies towards 10,000. In awesome mission, with love, knowing that this is your future. As long as you have done this, you have pleased your husband, you have pleased your family, you have pleased the Lord, you have done the right thing, God is happy with you. 
you are born again. So a woman should know what dominates the man or control the man. So a woman should live in what submission. Verse what eleven Abi. Nevertheless, twelve. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. But all things of God. So this this uh, verse twelve. Verse twelve it defines the people that are involved in marriage. Eh? The man, the woman, and God. Three people are involved in marriage. The man, the woman, and God. The man, the woman, and God. Your marriage is not just between you and your husband. There are three people that are involved. Apart from the children that are passing through the family. The man, the woman, and God. So whatever decision, whatever thing, you are going to do you should think of what god you should think of who god that god is in this i have to please god to succeed in your marriage you have to look unto god in this marriage i want to please god whatever i'm doing i'm pleasing god and as long as you are pleasing god you are also pleasing your husband that is how to please god don't just look at your husband and say, I want to please my husband, I want to please my husband. I want to please God. Because God is also in your marriage. As long as I'm pre- pleasing God, I'm pleasing my, my husband. And the man, as long as I'm pleasing God, I'm pleasing my wife. Praise the Lord. So, three chords involve in marriage. The man, the woman, and God. Or God, the man, and the woman. Those are the three courts in marriage. He said, judge in yourself. Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Is he talking, God, uh, 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 Paul is talking about covering. So he has talked about covering so much. So I believe the right thing to do is what a woman to cover. Eh? A woman to what? To cover. But the spiritual covering of a woman is what? Submission to the man. It's not just putting on a scarf or putting on cap. The true meaning of what? To cover. To be under covering is what? You are under submission. You are submitted. You have submitted to what? Your husband. You have submitted to God. You have submitted to your husband. That is the true meaning. There are many women that doesn't submit to their husband or submit to God. But yes, they cover scarf. That scarf doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a symbol. Using scarf or covering your head is just a symbol. The true spiritual meaning is what? Submission. You are in obedience. You have submitted to your husband. That is the true meaning of what? Covering. Then it's, to, it's just like uh, the water baptism. What is the meaning of the water baptism? Eh? What is the meaning? When they dip you down, it represents what? The death of the Lord Jesus Christ. If they bring you out, 
it represents what? His resurrection. That means you, 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 you agree and you come and demonstrate. You are demonstrating with that symbol that when they dip you inside the water, what will happen? Is death. You, are, you associate with the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they bring you out, is what? You associate with his what? His resurrection. That is what water baptism means. There's no any other big deal about it. Hmm? There's no other big deal about it. It's, a sim- it's symbolic. It's just like the Holy Communion. What does the Holy Communion mean? I am partaking in what? Eh? In the life and what? Suffering of Christ. And they come to the church, they break bread and what? And demonstrate it. And I, there are so many people that have not what? Submitted to what? The life and the suffering of Christ. But they are busy breaking bread. That is what it means. It's symbolic. Washing of the saints' feet. What does it mean? To wash the saints' feet. It means what? Stewardship. I'm submitted. I'm a servant among you. I'm submitted. In Israel, the, the, the lowliest slave is the one that wash people's feet. We stay by the door. When you are coming in, the lowliest slave there, we stay by the door. Then you carry water and wash your feet before you come into the house. And it also means, that washing also means you are clean. Jesus pronounced it. He said you are clean. I have washed your feet. You are clean by this deed. It means what? Sanctification. Sanctification. That is what it means. Sanctification. Verse 14. He said, Doth even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is giving her for a what? A covering. So, I think there's... Some people say, when a woman has a what? A long hair, that the hair will serve as what? Covering. Is it accepted? I think it's accepted. You have long hair. Then if you don't have long hair, what happened? You can use something to what? Cover it. But something must cover your head. Your head must not be what? Kuriamolo. Your head must not be shaven. The Bible says the uh, the hair of a woman is what? Is what? Is his what? Is his glory. For her hair is giving her for a covering. But if any man seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the church churches of God. So if you cover, eh? if you cover, you've done well. If you have a long hair that covers your hair, your head, you've done well. So 
there's no strict rule but don't shave when you shave you cover when you shave you look for something and cover your head in some situation where women shave some women when they became widowed in some community or in some culture they ask them to shave some women naturally they just like shaving so but if you shave cover your hair if you have long hair let your hair cover your hair that is what the bible says I don't know why the Bible is saying these two things, but there's a wisdom to it. Verse 17. Now, in this that, now in this that, I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worst. So, Paul is saying. The church will not just be coming together to what for celebration, for merriment. That should not be reason that the, the church. But it's even better when somebody has problem, you rally around that person. When somebody has problem, you rally around that person. Maybe you lost somebody. The Bible says it's better to go to what? The house of mourning than to go to what where there's merriment where there's merriment drinking of wine you know dancing and all those things partying reveling and all those kind of lifestyle that is better to go to what house of mourning because when you go to house of mourning what will happen your heart will be humbled that one day too you will die if you teach you lesson that one day you'll be dipped down six feet it will help you to remember that this you are not going to stay in this world forever. That a day will come, you two will die, and they will dip you down. So when people go to house of mourning, are they rejoicing? Are they jumping and shouting? You see everybody sober. And when you are sober, you will be able to reason properly. But, you know, in merriment, where do they commit sin? In parties. When they go to parties, people commit sin there. People commit sin in party, in drinking. When John was beheaded, when was that decision made? It was made in a party. That the king has has overdrank, and the daughter of what? Daughter of what? Uh, Herodians, Philip wife. He danced so much and he pleased the king and the king said ah i will give you up to half of my kingdom just tell me what you need and he went to meet the mother and the mother said i don't need anything the only problem i have now is what john the baptist praise the lord he said the only problem i have now is what john the baptist if you can get me the head of john the baptist on a tray, I'll be happy. Praise the Lord. He said, that is the only problem I have. And that decision was made in the party. Young, young girls are got pregnant. Where was the decision made? Most of the it was made in the party. White parties, drinking and dancing and jumping.
Where does fight happen? In the parties. They break bottle and do all sorts of things. They shoot guns. In the parties. So the Bible says it's better to go to house of mourning than to go to where, where they are celebrating and they are shouting and they are jumping. I've never had somebody fighting in house of mourning. Because everybody will compose himself, will be sober. If you are even the kind of person that used to smile, that used to laugh very well, you control your smile. You're like me, I used to smile, I used to... But when I get to house of mourning, I hold myself down. So that I don't start laughing and all those things. They say, yeah, is this person rejoicing that somebody died? But that is just my nature. Praise the Lord. But I control that nature. I make sure I'm what I'm sober. And when, when you are sober, the things of spirit will enter you. When they are jumping and beating drum and doing all those things, in that kind of environment, the Holy Spirit doesn't work. You remember Elijah? When God met Elijah, they said the storm, the wind, all kind of things came. Thunder. God was not in it. But what now came? The still small voice. And that voice spoke to Elijah. Still small voice. Quiet voice. God loved what? Quietness. And that's why you know prayer will make they call it quiet time quiet time is not a time of jumping and shouting and singing and doing no quiet time you are sober you want to hear from god you need a word from god so it's better to go to house of mourning than to go to where they are shouting they are rejoicing they are drinking and they are jumping up praise the lord so that is what spirituality. Verse 18. Okay, let me still read 17. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worst. Always come together for the worst. Always be eager to solve people's problem. He said, mourn with those that mourn and rejoice with those that rejoice. Praise the Lord. Verse 18. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be division among you and a partly believe it. And I partly believe it. For there, for there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. What is heresy? Heresy means what? Wrong doctrine. Praise the Lord. Heresy means what? Wrong doctrine. The wrong, wrong word of God. Preaching the word of God in the wrong way. Deceiving people. It means what? Heresy. Verse 20. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, in eating, every everyone take it before other 
his own supper and one is hungry and another is drunken what have ye not house to eat and to drink in or despise ye the church of god and shame them that have not what shall i say to you shall i praise you in this i praise you not you know the holy communion when they gather to take the holy they they turn into a time of merriment eating a holy communion is just a piece of small bread unleavened bread and wine but they now bring heavy wine they drink they eat they marry they shout and they become what drunken they over drink some holy communion some of them contain what a level of alcohol but it's more it cannot do you anything but this one they bring heavy heavy alcoholic drink that can intoxicate them they drink they over drink they overeat they overeat the bread and they begin to do all manners of things that is not how the lord jesus observed the holy communion and that is not how he taught us it's breaking of bread small small and all of you if not for because of diseases that is rampant these days at that point all of them they drank from what the same cup and what does it mean to drink from the same cup it means unity that they are one body eh they are one body that is what it means i think in anglican they still practice it there was a time when i was in zaria i went to eat a uh, holy communion in this anglican church opposite uh, this thing and uh, discover that we all use one cup you will come and kneel down they will give you the holy communion and they will give you the cup the cup that this person used this is the same cup that the other person will use is to show that the body of christ is not divided is to show that what we are one in christ jesus we are not divided praise the lord and that is why they use what one cup praise the lord they use what one cup instead of using many many cup in our days today they use many small small cup and everybody has his own cup it means what individuality privatization that is what that principle mean that everybody is on his own but the kind of holy communion that Jesus practiced they use one cup and they give you the bread you cut your own out of the bread and you eat and they use one cup they pass it round praise the lord but in our days you know people have uh, devised a uh, uh, different way to the things of god maybe because of the diseases that is rampant but that is not the principle of christ is to what for us to what to drink from one cup and to break from the same bread praise the lord a man of god said uh, even the holy communion that they are doing now that they use sack in producing it you know there's a customized holy communion that people use rand like this he said they use sack it is sack that they use in producing it i don't know how true it is but that is what that man of god said so me i don't know
how true that principle is that they are using sack. But the holy communion, the bread should be what unleavened bread, a bread without yeast, and a wine, maybe a wine from what grapefruit. That is what Jesus used. So we should be, we should take our example from Jesus. Anything we are doing should be in Christ. Which verse? Hmm? 20. Okay. For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. He took bread. And when he had given times, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This is this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Whosoever drink it, what? There's a point here. Whosoever drink it, what? Whosoever, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. That means if you are not part of the body of Christ, they can't give you Holy Communion. If you are not born again, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you cannot take Holy Communion. Don't take it. If you are not born again, don't go and take Holy Communion because you are not part of the body of Christ yet. You can't give it to children. Some pastors, they give it to children. Children who are not born again. They give it to them. Anybody you are giving Holy Communion to, you should be sure that the person is of what is born again, is of Christ. He has the same spirit with Christ. And that is the only time you can partake in the body of Christ. So Jesus warned, let don't take it unworthily that you are not born again and they now uh, uh, give you Holy Communion and you swallow it and you drink the wine. You are taking the Holy Communion and breaking of bread, eating of bread unworthily. Don't take it. Make sure you are convinced. If you are convinced that you are born again, that is the time you can take it. But if you are not convinced that your salvation is not genuine, you are not yet convinced that you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not yet convinced, don't take it. That is what Jesus is warning. And Jesus has his reason 
why is warning people don't go and partake in the holy communion when you are not born again don't go and partake in it don't go and partake in it some some pastor they don't care they just give everybody whether the person is born again or not as long as the person comes to church they just give to, to the person if you are ignorance you must be sure that the person is uh, what is born again and we say the holy communion is what is symbolic what is symbolic something that you use in remember in remembering somebody yes. the holy communion is not uh, this is something that you use in remembering who jesus symbolic it said for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself eh? the 2020 20. okay but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not designing the body, not designing the lost body. For, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Even many die. Because of that sin, you are not born again. You are eating the Holy Communion. He said many, many became sick, many became weak, and many sleep. What does it mean to sleep? He's not talking about a, a literal sleep. Many die because of that sin. So do not eat it on wordily. Make sure you know what you are doing before you partake in the Holy Communion. It's not for children. But any child that is born again can partake. As long as you have the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in you, you can partake. Verse, which verse? Eh? For if ye would judge, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are Chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the word. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Praise the Lord. So there is protocol. In eating the Holy Communion, there is a way you eat it. You are patient for your turn. You don't go and rush. Ah, ah, give me this bread now. Give me this bread. No. Ah, oh, but give me this wine I drink now. No. It's not like that. You are patient. You wait soberly. Because you are designing the body of Christ. You wait soberly in prayers. When they get to your tongue, when they give you the wine you take, when they give you the bread you break, out of it. 
and don't overbreak it so that others will not get. You break little from it and eat. Then you pass it to the next person. That is how to take Holy Communion. If you have fulfilled all righteousness of being born again, if you are not born again, don't go and take it because you are not part of the body. Say so if you are born again, that is when you can take the Holy Communion. And if you are taking it, be orderly. It's not, it's not that they want to serve you food that will belly food that will fool your stomach. It's just little by little. And we said the Holy Communion is what is symbolic. It represents the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood means what? A blood, blood of a man is what? Is life. Blood of a man is what is life. The body, the blood, the life of Jesus and the suffering of Christ. That is what it represents. The Holy Communion. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray. That this 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 lesson, this thing that you have learned, will not what depart from you in the mighty name of Jesus. That you will be a true disciple. You not just go and do anything anyhow. And you not just go. When you are in a position of authority, you will not just go and serve the Holy Communion anyhow. If you are not sure that somebody is born again, if you are not sure of the person's salvation, don't go and give the person Holy Communion. Because you are doing more harm to that person. You say if you take it unworthily, you are condemned. And it causes what? It, it will lead to what? Weakness. It will lead to what? Sickness. And it can lead to what? Death. Praise the Lord. Because you are lying. When Ananias and Sapphira, when they lied in the New Testament, what happened to them? They died. Our God is the same today. Yesterday. Forever and ever. God is the same thing. If you can kill Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament, you can also kill people. People can die because of wrongdoing. People can die because of disobedience. People can die because of telling lies. People can die because of falsehood. So that is our God. So you don't want to give it to somebody who is a minor, who doesn't know what he's doing. Even the mature people that know what they are doing, if they are not born again, you don't give to them. Somebody that has two wives, you don't go and serve Holy Communion and give to the person. Somebody that has divorced the wife and is marrying another person, is an adulterer, you don't go and carry Holy Communion and give to such people. Somebody who is a prostitute, unrepentant prostitute, you don't go and serve Holy Communion for the person. So you should be careful who you give the Holy Communion to. And we as a Christian, we should also be careful how we eat the Holy Communion. Praise the Lord. So let's go ahead and pray. That the Lord, the things that we have learned, is an eye-opener. The Holy Spirit is not me that is just teaching you. It's the Holy Spirit. Whatever I speak here is the Holy Spirit that gave me that word to speak. I'm not just speaking on my own. I'm not just speaking from my own intellect. It's the Holy Spirit. Somehow we will forget the Holy Spirit will bring it back. He says, say this thing. 
say these things, tell them these things. That is how the Holy Spirit works. He said, Jesus said, He will remind you all things, He will teach you all things, He will bring all things to your knowledge. And that's why I don't prepare message. I say I'm preparing message. I want to preach. I'm preparing message. I'm studying. I'm preparing. I'm doing this. That is the Old Testament style. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. That what you have learned here, nobody will take it from you. Satan will not take it from you in the mighty name of Jesus. That what you have learned here will become what will remain permanent in the mighty name of Jesus. We are also going to pray for all our listeners in all our podcasts. By the grace of God, we are going to be starting what a YouTube station. By the grace of God, as soon as I can, as I can launch the YouTube station, many people all over the world, they will be able to hear this message. What we are preaching, they will be able to hear it. The church has left, say, uh, you just gather people in one place. The church has left that position. The church now is global. Praise the Lord. The church is what is global. That you are preaching here, they are hearing it all over the world. That what you are preaching now, they are hearing it all over the world. That is the kind of church that Jesus wants to create. That all the saints, they are benefiting from your message. It's not just to gather a few people and say, ah, these are your members, and begin to hold them tight. Even when you don't have the true word of God. No. Whatever you preach now, the internet has made it so easy for the whole world to hear it. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. Let's thank Him. Thank Him for this service. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him for His grace. Appreciate Him. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Overcoming the devourer. Overcoming the devourer.